everybody. This is Hop Culture. We're the Hopkins sisters, Claire, Grace, Anne, and Tess, four sisters living in different time zones, recapping our lives, giving each other unsolicited advice, and hopefully giving you a laugh in the process. Who knows, if you stick around, we might even touch on something substantial along the way. Hi, everybody. Hey. Hey. Thanks so much for joining us on Hop Culture today. We are so excited to have our friends Brooks and Ben from Knot and Soul with us. If you aren't familiar with them yet, they are an independent company selling quality art prints and frames at a super affordable price. We all love art, and you know we're all about making our spaces feel um, personalized and unique, and we're all on a budget. So this is music to our ears. They sent each of us a few prints to hang in our spaces, and we really love them. We're super impressed with the quality and just the variety of um, art that they offer. So um, we wanted to have them on and and tell you guys a little bit about them today. Yeah, they're super pretty. And yeah, Claire, like you said, there's a huge variety of art. So there's works from classic artists, gold leaf prints, modern and boho prints, and nursery art. Um, It's all super stylish, and it looks great. So... Can you guys tell us a little bit about your your origin story and what made you want to start Not in Soul? Absolutely, yeah. First off, thanks for having us. We really appreciate it. It was um, we, were, we were surprised and excited when you reached out. So thanks for having us. Yeah, so Not, Not in Soul started uh, roughly a year ago, kind of in, into the pandemic. And Ben and I, both of entrepreneurial minds, wanted to do something that... Um, we wanted to launch an e-commerce store, and when you're when you're doing e-commerce, you want to obviously find a product that you know matches and something that you can sell and scale online. And everyone being home during the pandemic and everything, we thought it was a great opportunity to to kind of dive into art and art prints and those sorts of things. And what we immediately found in just doing like market research with other stores like Society Six and those other you know big box stores, if you will, is that they were so expensive, and we were really surprised with how expensive they were, given a, a fairly simple product. So we wanted to um, start a company that allowed us to what we call nurture your space for way less. We stand behind the fact that we have the cheapest art prints in the world by a long shot, and we're just uh, honored to like you know have our art and our designs into people's homes and for for way less. So that is that is sort of how we all started and how we got there. Yeah, that's awesome. I like that part of your mission is to nurture your space. Uh, what do you mean by that, and how can we do more of it? Yeah, uh, great question. Um, what I mean by that is our our wives being mothers of our children both Ben and I both have he's got a boy and a girl Lyle and Kara and I have two little girls myself with Mason and um, Malone she's one year old actually just a few days ago that's awesome you know they're like you know they provide amazing homes for us and they give us spaces where we're comfortable and we kind of have always consider them to be very nurturing mothers and those sorts of things so when we say nurture your space, we just mean to kind of add a a touch of art and hominess, if you will, through the art that people like, um, whether that's like you mentioned before, boho prints or modern stuff or more nature prints or some of our hottest right now are these classic art prints as well. So we just we, we chose us the term nurture your space because women obviously play a very large role in our families and in our lives. And um, since they're usually the nurturers in the home, um, we wanted to just kind of frame that around them as well. 
And you hear my baby screaming in the background as well. Well, I'm laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing because my two-year-old just walked in. <laughs> right on cue, right? <laughs> Perfect cue. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. There's usually a good amount of editing children out of our podcast that we have to do. <laughs> I get that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> where, wait, where do you guys live? Yeah, so we are, we're in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, we, uh, we've lived here now for probably 10, 12 years. Uh, I think Ben and his wife Christina have as well. So we operate and started the business out of Wilmington. And, you know, for the first six months, we were fulfilling these art prints, you know, from our kitchens. Um, so now wow. we've finally gotten to a scale where it made sense for us to leverage a fulfillment company. And for the most part, most of our orders come from um, the West Coast. So we have a fulfillment center out there, which kind of helps us. You know, we have we have thin margins. So even being able to save some money with the West Coast provider and then only having to ship it, you know, not across the entire country, since most of our customers come from the West Coast, it saves us a little bit more, too. So so we fulfill our stuff out of California. Um, we have a fulfillment team there and we do all of our owning and operating of the business from Wilmington. Wow. wow. Good for you. That's really cool. <laughs> so, yeah, you guys have been doing this for a year, did you say? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, about about 12 months now. Wow, that's that's good growth for a year. Yeah, it's been, it's been really interesting. We've we've tried everything. I mean, just really hustling and getting after it at the beginning where, you know, we were literally figuring things out, talking to every customer that we got, going to FedEx Kinkos to print them all the way now to having upgraded the product a lot more. We have a lot thicker paper now. We have, you know, we're printing on million dollar printers and we've got the fulfillment team who's awesome and they package everything up really well and, and nicely and, and take that out of our hands and let us kind of focus more on our customers and, and the, the products themselves. So it's, it's been really good. That's, That's great. super cool. Where can people find you guys? Like on social media? Yeah. Um, so we are on Instagram. Uh, we're on Facebook too, but our, our most active social platform right now is Instagram. We're at not period and period soul. Um, or you can obviously find us online at the store at notinsoul.com. It's K-N-O-T, like a not from a rope. A little story behind that is we originally started with, you know, trying to do macrame products for plants. Oh, cool. It's a similar thing. You know, we, mm. we thought plants brought a lot of personality to homes, et cetera. So that was how it started. And then we, we had to shift. We, we weren't too successful with those, unfortunately. <laughs> so we shifted into art prints and it's been more profitable and able to be sustained by us. So that's really cool. Well, I love just the variety that you guys offer. There's classic art, there's modern, there's stuff for nurseries. Like I just feel like you guys did a really good job of what's that trendy word right now? Curating. You've curated yeah. a, really nice, <laughs> a really nice collection. Of yeah, stuff. appreciate that. Well, my husband's Japanese American and he was browsing your site with me and he uh -huh. loved all of the hokusai pieces that mm -hmm. you guys have. So that was one of the ones we chose. We're going to hang it over his dresser. He was like, oh, that's, that's so cool. Super cool. So, yeah, no, thanks for sharing that. Great variety. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. That's awesome. Yeah, we, you know, we're inspired by all kinds of stuff. You know, my wife is big into the boho stuff. That's kind of how we got started there. My daughter's big into nature, so she's encouraged us big time to get into, you know, more ocean and beach prints. But the classic art, like you like you described there, have been really our biggest seller lately. We actually just added like 40 more prints there. We've got a lot of just all-time artists, you know, O'Keefe. Picasso, Van Gogh, Hokusai, like you mentioned, and countless others. Those have been super hot for us, so we're going to continue to expand on, on that collection as well. 
So I would just want to encourage everyone to um, check us out at notinsell.com. You can get 50% off right now if you buy four or more prints. You can also include frames in that sale as well. So we're um, we're honored to be here and appreciate you all very much. And it is truly a, an honor to nurture your space. And we'd love an opportunity to serve you all. Awesome. Thank you, Brooks and Ben, both so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. This was fun to get to know you guys. Yeah. Thank yeah. you all. Yeah. Thank you. all appreciate you very much. So before we transition to our main episode topic for today, um, I feel like we need to do a little travel log because everyone but me has been traveling and doing all kinds of fun stuff. So what's everybody been up to? Well, I just got back from Oregon where our cousin Hannah got married and it was super fun. She had the most beautiful like modern clean look at her wedding and it was super classy and it was so fun to see all our family members there were some that I hadn't seen in a really long time because of COVID and my mission and everything so it was really fun and then I also right before Oregon came back from a trip to Idaho with Luke's family and then I think I already mentioned that I was in Alaska with mom and dad so it's been a very eventful few weeks yeah seriously yeah, Tessa's travels are definitely the most eventful, I feel like. I just went to Alaska, and then I really wanted to go to the wedding too, but I only got home less than a week before, and I was feeling behind on my new job, and then I'm leaving to see Claire next week, so I was just, like, stressed. So I only went to Alaska, and then I'm going to visit Claire next week. I'm so jealous that you're visiting Claire. It's going to be so fun. You're going to meet baby Henry. Well, you know, you're able to come too anytime. I'm just kidding. I shouldn't plant <laughs> ideas in Tessa's head because yeah. she will. Yeah, I would. You know, I would. Take me up on it. I know. She totally would in the middle of school or something. And what have you been up to? We went to Utah to visit uh, Matt's family, which was super fun. And I went to Fizz probably every day. Not probably every day. I went to Fizz every day and got a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's family lives conveniently close to his. So it was really nice to catch up with them. And then we went to Alaska, which was also really fun to see mom and dad. And it was like very different weather between the two. And I didn't know. I was like, how am I supposed to pack? We never check bags. So I had to pack all of Hazel's hot and cold weather clothes along with mine in a tiny little carry-on suitcase. Oh, my word. You never check a bag? <laughs> Even with no. a child? Yeah, that's amazing. I know. I feel pretty good about it. <laughs> I mean, I would <laughs> if we got like free check bags, but we never do. Although we did actually for part of the way, we could have checked bags for free because we flew first class from Chicago to Salt Lake. Wow, oh, I forgot that. about Ritzy. that. Yeah, it was out of desperation because we waited too long to book our tickets and that was all that was left. And it was actually That's very so stressful funny. having a toddler <laughs> on first class. I thought they didn't let little kids in first class. I, I was worried was a they rule against it. Yeah, I thought I just kind of assumed it wasn't allowed, but I looked it up and it was fine. But we were surrounded by all these like businessmen in suits, like typing on their computers the whole time and <laughs> I felt very self-conscious with Hazel like crying and trying to squirm and like kicking the seats and stuff. If they can afford first class, I feel like they can afford noise canceling headphones in today's yeah. day and age. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. When people are grumpy on the plane, I'm like, you do know they make noise canceling headphones, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's going to be an issue for you. Yeah. Do you guys want to talk about Alaska at all? 
What about Alaska? Like just like what we just did? did there? Yeah. Like I haven't heard much about the Alaska trip. Whenever you guys are together, our family group text goes like radio silent. And Dave's always like, oh, how's your family doing? And I'm like, I don't know. They don't need to like update me on anything because they're all together. So, yeah. yeah. Like, that's <laughs> that what it is yeah. for anyone who, you know, is the one that's left is out. Is left out. Exactly. Anytime it's mom very, and dad visit any one of us, the chat just goes silent. Mm-hmm. I feel like. mm-hmm. That's true. Dad is like the backbone of the chat. And so mm-hmm. if he doesn't need to update everybody on stuff, then things tend to sort of fall flat. But yeah, like what did you guys do? <laughs> we played pickleball. Yeah, it we was did really play fun. pickleball. <laughs> we also did other. We did Alaskan activities as well. <laughs> well, we didn't do a lot of stuff together. We, yeah, like, we all were kind of visiting at different times. At different times, you didn't really. Yeah, overlap. I only over- yeah. overlapped with Tess and Luke like one day, and Grace mm-hmm. and being, like two which days. was a fun day. But that's what we did. We played pickleball. Yeah, <laughs> that day. <laughs> And we had That's something so called toasts. Well, mom oh, made toasts for all. Toasts yes, for all after the to Instagram account toast for toasts for all, which we will link in the show notes. But basically, she follows this Instagram account where they post really fancy toasts with like ricotta and peaches and a, a honey drizzle and a little sprig mm-hmm. of basil on top, things like that. And so she made a toast bar where everyone could create their own like signature toast. And so we were all like sampling different toasts. She like sliced up baguettes and toasted them. And then we had like ricotta. We had, what did we have? We had burrata, goat cheese. We had whipped feta. We had all sorts of fancy fruits and balsamic glazes and all kinds of things like that. Many drizzles. It was so many extravagant. There were probably like 50 toppings. Yeah, it was out of control, but in (laughs) a good way. That was so fun. It was so fun. Well, it sounds like you ate toast and you played pickleball in Alaska. So (laughs) (laughs) stuff you could do anywhere. (laughs) Stuff you could do anywhere. But uh, I'm glad you guys all had fun. That's the thing about visiting Alaska, though, is it kind of is this pressure to be like, well, we better go fishing or we better go do this big hike. But it's like, well, it's just like our home. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just like Mm -hmm. we also just kind of want to hang out and like spend time. Watch Survivor. Yeah. Yeah, And those like the we did all those things things we did all the outdoorsy stuff but for some reason that's never like the notable stuff to Mm -hmm. me when i go home like i love hiking Mm -hmm. fishing is never notable to me (laughs) it was miserable (laughs) the whole time but i feel like when yeah when it's your home you just kind of you want to see your family that's what's exciting about it that's what i was reflecting on as i biked along the coastal trail and my (laughs) legs were burning and i had to stop and walk up a hill and an old man <laughs> passing me <laughs> stopped to say, there's more than one way to get there. And like, <laughs> on. <laughs> I was like, why am I doing this? Why did I put myself in this? This isn't why I'm here. I am just here to see my family. You know, that's so <laughs> I've had old people cheer me on running and that's really embarrassing mm-hmm. too. Like they pass me yeah. as I'm hobbling along and they're like, <laughs> say something encouraging, but it's actually really discouraging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's make sure we leave enough time for our main topic for the episode. As we already touched on with Not in Soul, unique and meaningful artwork is definitely a fantastic way to make a space feel more you. But we have yet to really dive into another aspect of making a house a home, something near and dear to all of our hearts, that harsh mistress DIY. 
uh, which is probably something that you guys are familiar with, too, because according to a study done by the Home Improvement Research Institute during 2020, almost 80% of homeowners undertook some kind of project during the pandemic, which is <laughs> seems so high. That's but, so, yeah, it yeah, seems that's so Everyone well, I knew was like doing that. So yeah, it and that's homeowners. So it's not. It's like people that actually own a home. But I do feel like based on the stock levels at any home improvement store and the stuff I saw on Instagram, it did seem like pretty much everybody was doing some kind of, you know, small to medium little house project. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, we definitely grew up with the sort of like DIY mindset. The first house that we lived in when we were little was built in the 1950s. And so our parents did a ton of work on it. And they, to this day, love a project. They love they a project. Love a project. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whenever um, mom and dad come to visit, mom is like borderline, like hyper about like, okay, what are what's the project? Like, what are we going to do? Mom has mm-hmm. been clapping at me and Tess because mom is visiting <laughs> so right now. So much clapping. <laughs> She's just walking around <laughs> right clapping, 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 like a chipper, like, <laughs> come on. <let's- laughs> She's out doing projects in my kitchen right now. I don't know what I'm going to find when we finish recording. It's so funny. Yeah, when she left, when they left like earlier this summer when they were here, they're coming back in October. And she's like, okay, we're going to make over your powder room when I get back. So you need to have like the mirror picked out. She like measured everything. So she's like, here are the measurements that needs to be. You need to have everything ordered and ready so that when dad and I get here, we can like get it done. And, and she's like, I'm not going to let up on this. I'm not going to let She always says that. That's my favorite thing that she says. I'm yeah. not going to let up. <laughs> like, I didn't ask you to even be involved in this. I love it so much. I think she just knows that if she lets us, it's like we're teenagers, like trying to get mm-hmm. out of homework or something. It really like, is. No, yeah. It's fine. We don't need to do, we don't need to do a project this time. But if it wasn't for them, nothing would get done at my house like big project wise because it's just so hard right now I don't know I have a few friends that are that do like really a lot of home renovation stuff and DIY stuff and they have little kids and I just do not understand because it's so hard just to get mm-hmm. big things done mm-hmm. so speaking of which and you guys are literally renovating an entire townhome so why don't you yeah talk we're about that we're DIYing our entire house <laughs> <laughs> I was asking Matt if he had any DIY fails, and he's like, um, I mean, our whole house is kind of a DIY fail. <laughs> it's just so much work. It's not a fail. Your house is so cute. It's You've turning out so cute, but it. it just, everything takes so long because we're doing everything mm-hmm. ourselves because we're trying to, you know, do it really cheap, but make it look really nice, and it just drags on and on. But I don't regret it because we needed to get this out of our craw. As Matt mm-hmm. has said, mm-hmm. he has a very deep craw. And sometimes, like, no matter how many people tell you, you know, don't flip your house while you live in it. It's not as fun as it looks. We had to do Mm -hmm. it. So Mm -hmm. it's fun to, like, design it. I like the part where I plan everything out, but I don't like how long it takes to actually execute everything. Yeah, well, I admire you guys for doing that. I feel like that is yeah, not in my craw. It might never be in my craw because it sounds so hard. <laughs> yeah. And I admire Matt because it's not a fail. I feel like if I did something like that, it would be a complete failure because yeah. I wouldn't oh, yeah. spend enough time researching. I wouldn't ask people how to actually do it. I would just march on in and think I knew <laughs> what I was yeah. doing. Totally. Yeah, he's yeah, really it's, good at that It's stuff. working out well. We're a good team. Like the fact that I'm planning and designing everything and then he's doing it. Mm-hmm. It works out well because he's very particular and and I just like the planning part. 
Yeah, you guys are a good because Matt is definitely like a perfectionist with his craftsmanship. I'm like Tess. <laughs> I feel like growing up with mom and dad gave me like an unearned sense of confidence that I <laughs> can. I'm like, oh, I know how to like I can like repaint a dresser. It's not that hard. And yeah. growing up in not really growing up, but coming to adulthood in the Pinterest era it's improved a lot. I follow quite a few like DIYers on Instagram and they really go through the process and like do things right and stuff. But I feel like when Pinterest first dawned, it was like, put a backsplash up with a hot glue gun. You know, it was yeah. just like very <laughs> cutting corners. It was really sketchy like instructions on a lot of things. And it was not a good combination for me because I already feel like I can just do things that I really have no information on like how to actually do them. So even though, and mom and dad, I don't know how they learned how to do stuff because there was no internet when they first started. So it was like yeah. probably books mm -hmm. from the library. I don't even know. Oh yeah. Lots of books, magazines. Magazines. Yeah. Mom said they were putting tile up in one of the bathrooms in our old house and they bought tile that was really flooring tile like it should have been on a floor because it was really heavy and so dad put it up and then he was going to let it set before he grouted and then they went back in and the tiles were like slight like slowly like <laughs> oh, no. down the wall so it's like we didn't witness we were little kids so we don't remember mm -hmm. when you know they made all their mistakes so mm -hmm. now they can laugh Good at point. us but <laughs> yeah, they and they will. Mm -hmm. They do. Have you guys yeah. seen? Because this is just making me think when Pinterest first started, it was also full of like those five minute crafts. And mm -hmm. mom always used to try to get me to do five minute crafts because they usually were not as lofty as my ideas. Like when I was 12, I would be like, I'm going to sew a dress. And mom would try to lure me into doing like, well, why don't you make a little jewelry box or like something, you know, like something a lot less mm -hmm. intense. But now there are these TikToks everywhere that are like, why five minute crafts must be stopped. Have you seen those? <laughs> I've seen a couple of those. No. No. They're so funny. I don't even know if they're real. I don't even know. They might be yeah, just some of them can't on. can't be real. But some of I them think are so are. but I think some of them are. I think they've taken like the very worst that they've seen and maybe a couple of spoofs as well, but they just combine them and they're just so horrible. Okay, I do feel like Pinterest has come a long way in a lot of the quality of like content, but I kind of miss old Pinterest because yeah. it was literally just a timeline of what your friends were pinning. And now it's like all about the algorithm and it's you mostly just see stuff that Pinterest thinks you'll like. And I'm like, no, I want to go back to when I could, I wanted to see. It's like you got to snoop on like what other people were pinning and mm -hmm. I miss that. I'm more of a snoop, so it was yeah, that's what Instagram yeah. is for. Yeah, or Venmo feed because I like to see what Venmo people is. Venmo yeah, is Venmo is, yeah. Venmo is a great one. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah. so and so got a girlfriend, or you know, they're like, always such like cryptic messages, and you're like, what could that be? Mm -hmm. And you're like trying to decipher. Yeah, the fact that people try to make it funny or like use an emoji or something, it adds a pleasing level of, it makes it more of a riddle to figure out mm -hmm. like what people are Venmo. <laughs> it's a total riddle. <laughs> Back to DIY, what is everyone's kind of like level of experience with DIYing stuff? Like Grace, you've built your bench, right? You've built mm -hmm. a couple Grace things, is very you? good at building. I've mm -hmm. built some stuff. As far as like building DIY, I feel like I'm pretty 
novice. You know, I can build some basic things, but I don't have a lot of tools. You know, I, I only have a saw, mm-hmm. but I, I have other DIY stuff I could do, like craft type, you know, sewing or crocheting or things like that. But oh, I, I wouldn't say I'm like very specialized in anything. Grace, you have a whole business built on on sewing. So I think that, <laughs> yeah, that counts for something. Yeah, but yeah. it's just sewing in a straight line. <laughs> it doesn't really count. Well, what about the platypi that you made my girls? Party and lardy. The craftsmanship that went into lardy is like <laughs> next level. It was lardy. astounding. So Grace came to visit a couple years ago. It was like when Molly was a baby. And she surprised Ella and Penny with these two little platypi, one pink and one purple. And they, then they're stuffed animals. They're so cute. They're like professional. Like I've sewn stuffed animals back in the day. They're just like a flat 2D figure with like a little bit of like stuffing. <laughs> hey, that one that you knit me was my favorite stuffed animal growing up. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. It was actually 2D. It was too flat. <laughs> so, <laughs> bunch of of one of, and one of the button eyes <laughs> fell off really early on. <laughs> it stayed off. <laughs> I thought that was a masterpiece. But you were a kid. <laughs> when I was little, I was like, oh, Claire made this for me when I was a baby. I was like, I thought it yeah. was the coolest thing ever. I, I still was, think it's I was like, cute. wow, I can't believe I made this. Like, this is so good. <laughs> and looking back, it was just rectangles <laughs> sewn together. No, Party and Lardy were amazing. They're so cute. They have little, like, their little duck bills and stuff. But Ella named hers Party. <laughs> I think it was Ella named hers TV and then Penny named it Party and then Ella got jealous and decided to name hers Lardy. <laughs> so they're Party. They were Party and TV and now they're Party and Lardy. <laughs> the funniest names ever. But yeah, Grace sells herself short, but she is very... And Tess, you do too. I mean, your embroidery is like amazing. Oh, Tess yeah. Is very artistic. Anything that Tess finishes is a masterpiece. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the qualifier because there's a lot that doesn't get finished. But yeah, I feel like we all have different strengths because Grace is very good at building and like making very practical items and I feel like I'm really good at embroidery and I'm kind of good at like sewing and stuff but I'm not I have no building experience yeah I don't just either. different levels of expertise I am not good at anything so when I was a <laughs> when I was in young women's when I was a teenager for church we had a youth activity where we were learning like some basic home repair kind of stuff. And the man that was teaching the little lesson, I remember he said, I don't have any like formal training. I came up through the school of hard knocks. And that always stuck with me because I was like, that's like me. I don't have any training. I don't know what I'm doing, but I've... I've come up through the school of hard knocks. I just dive in and I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. And we've never attempted anything like really big. I'm acting like we've like renovated a kitchen or something. You're talking about sewing a Christmas pillow. Remember that Christmas pillow you made? (laughs) No, I don't. What what was it? You made it as an adult. It was just like not a square, I think. (laughs) I don't remember that. Claire deals mostly in um, rectangles. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's so true. 
No, I've I've painted a few furniture items. They look like a five-year-old did it. And I've painted a few bedrooms. I'm the type that just shows up at Home Depot and I haven't researched the color. I just am like, oh, I mean, I'll just get some white paint and I don't really do any work beforehand. And then I get home and I'm like, oh, this is, this is turning out very gray. But <laughs> I just, I get it done. That's my strength is I get it done. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. done well, but it does mm-hmm. get done. <laughs> no one's yeah. looking super up close at your stuff most of the time. So really getting it done mm-hmm. is the key. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. sometimes if you put too much research in beforehand, then your hopes are too high. Dashed. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So do you guys have any experiences with home DIY projects gone wrong? Um, we had, when we first moved into our house, our house was built in the 30s. So the drains getting clogged is like a constant issue just because it's like an old system. And our tub was kind of backed up. Oh, no, that wasn't the problem. That was later. It. I think the little plug on the tub just wasn't like, you know, working effectively. So we went and bought another one at Home Depot. And Dave pulled it out and then, I don't know, I think it ended up like he had to go do something else or I don't know what. But I was like, well, I'm going to take a shower in the meantime. And I just thought the water would just go down the drain. I didn't see like a gaping hole or anything. I still don't understand really what happened. But somehow I turn on the shower, I'm showering, and I hear Dave like yelling in the distance, and it was coming out of a light fixture on the floor <laughs> below. Oh, no. <laughs> so I guess we learned the hard way that you cannot run the bathtub if the little plug thing is not in place, I guess. And then later, that same tub got really backed up, and we wanted to save money on a plumber. And so I went to Walmart and was looking what they, I mean, we tried Drano, but that hadn't worked. So I'm like, well, I'm going to go see if they have anything like a little more powerful. And they had this like sulfuric acid stuff that it just looked like kind of, it looked very like professional strength. And I looked up Amazon reviews and most of the reviews were like, this stuff worked great. Like it it was amazing. It cleared it right out. But there were a few that were like, do not use this. It will knock you off your feet. It burned, (laughs) it ruined my tub forever. And like all this stuff. And it was like, if you use it, read the directions very carefully. And anytime something says that, I'm like, this probably is not the product for me because I'm not going to read the directions carefully (laughs) enough. (laughs) I was like, you know what? It's $8. Let's try it. We'll save money on a plumber, you know. So Dave, to his credit, worked for like four hours trying to use this stuff. And we had like fans running. We had windows open. We were keeping the kids off of that floor of the house just in case because the fumes were like really strong. It did not work. And we ended up having to call a plumber. And we were joking before he got there. We're like, what if he takes the access panel down to get to the pipes and is like, oh, they're gone. <laughs> like the pipes are gone. Like, the, acid, the acid has eaten them away. Um but thankfully he didn't say anything. You know when actual crafts people come and then they're like horrified at like the stuff mm-hmm. you've done to your own mm-hmm. house. I was bracing myself for him to be like, um, what did you guys put down this drain? But he didn't say anything. That's good. But mm-hmm. we did end up having to pay four hundred dollars. So uh, I guess the That's lesson bad. is, yeah, don't try to fix things yourself. And then I've had a couple times, I think one lesson I've learned, I used to buy furniture that had already been painted, like at a thrift store or whatever, and be like, oh, this is cute. I'm just going to repaint it. And what I've learned is like, if something has layers and layers of cruddy old paint on it, it 
will look really bad if you try to just add another layer of paint and stripping off the old paint is a ton of work. Mm -hmm. And so unless it's Mm -hmm. like a really high quality piece of furniture, it's not really going to stand the sanding process that it would take to like prep it to get repainted. So yeah, I had a, I had a sanding DIY fail uh, when I first moved into the house that I'm living in now. I've lived here for like three years almost. And when I first moved in, they had hardwood floors, but they had all this carpet glue all over them. And so they were just hideous. And mm-hmm. also there was an old smell, like an old wood smell kind of. So I thought this would be a fun project to rent a sander and sand all the floors off and <laughs> try to refinish them myself. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, because they looked Such so bad, I figured they couldn't really look worse and no one would probably notice at the management company because they were hideous. They clearly don't care. Yeah. 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 I did a lot of research about the actual process, but I didn't research that if the floors are too thin, you know, you shouldn't do it. And as I was (laughs) doing it, luckily, because mom and dad said that they tried to sand their floors in our old house when we were little and they ended up like doing grooves into the floor because if you're not (laughs) careful with the big machine... If you hold Mm -hmm. it in one place for even a second too long, it'll just sand a groove right in. So I was really careful with that, but I didn't realize before I started that there were parts of the floor that were so thin, they already had holes in them. Oh, no. So (laughs) it was a really thin floor, and then it doesn't go all the way up to the edges of everything. And so it only took one afternoon to do the main sanding, and that actually, like, worked fine. But then all of the edges, I had a little cheap orbital sander and it it wouldn't get off the carpet glue. And so there was a work crisis and I had to work all this overtime. And and so I just had to move all my stuff in with the edges not done. And then I ended up just staining over the the original finish (laughs) on those. So you can kind of see, but it it doesn't look worse than when I moved in. So I feel like, yeah. It definitely yeah, looks I better. I remember how it looked. Yeah, they it, look much better. It's much better. I can't believe you took it upon yourself to do that just out of the goodness of your heart to a rental. The management company should be grateful, honestly. It seemed fun and it seemed like a good way of doing it without messing up my own house. If I were to have nice yeah. floors and do it, now I know that I won't because... Yeah, exactly. You're <laughs> like, I'm not going <laughs> to do that anymore. <laughs> Um, I had a huge DIY fail uh, last Halloween. Some of our listeners might remember, but I was trying to be frugal and I really wanted Hazel to be a lamb for Halloween because I was like, I ha- already have like a pink dress and like everything I would need to be little Bo Peep. It could be really cute. Classic mom wanting to be like the cute one and making baby be like the <laughs> oh, because there's nothing cute about a baby in a lamb costume she was horrible <laughs> but i'm still laughing i love that like, it's a yeah. family costume that didn't involve matt no he did not well, wish matt to be involved to. yeah <laughs> um and also halloween was canceled so it that's um, true was always <laughs> anyway but <laughs> i looked online at like lamb costumes and they were 35 bucks and i was like that just seems like too much especially since we're maybe not even going to go anywhere so i saw a diy one where you just glue a bunch of cotton balls onto like a onesie and i was like okay that looks so easy it'll be so quick <laughs> it took 400 cotton balls oh my word it 
was so heavy. By the end, I picked it up. I was like, this thing weighs like five pounds because it's <laughs> chock full of cotton balls. I may have overstuffed it <laughs> with the cotton balls and it was already kind of starting to fall apart. Cotton balls were just popping off before I even put pencil oh, in it. No. It took me like five hours to glue all those cotton balls on. And the second I put it on her, she was just crying. She was picking the cotton balls off. She was <laughs> crawling. She wasn't quite walking or she was walking, but not very well. So she was kind of like scooting around and it was a huge disaster. We put it on her for five minutes to take a picture and she looked very grumpy and you could see little cotton balls like in the background and <laughs> it was such a mess. I was like, I should have just spent $35, you know, to get the costume that I could have washed in the washing machine reused it for every kid mm -hmm. you know it would have lasted me multiple halloweens and it would have been yeah. much quicker and so i regretted it big time that's what i've learned with halloween costumes because mom sewed a lot of ours growing up but she actually is a good seamstress so i kind of thought like oh i'm sure when i have kids i'll i'll just like make their halloween costumes and i don't know why it like didn't even really cross my mind to buy them but when you buy the materials, it almost ends up being as much money as you mm -hmm. would have spent mm -hmm. on the costume. Yeah. yeah. I think this cost me like 20 bucks. I think mom always sewed ours because she didn't like how the store-bought ones looked. It wasn't that she could do it for cheaper. It was just like she could do it better. Yeah. But mm -hmm. if you're not planning on spending all night finishing the costumes, <laughs> yeah, it's not really worth it. And in this day and age with the internet, there's so much access to cheap better things than you could make a lot of times yeah. it's so true my big fail was that i wanted a chair for our extra room so that i could sit by luke and study while he was doing all his studying for the mcat and so i thought that it would be a good idea to buy a super cheap chair at the di and then strip it and somehow figure out how to reupholster it and so i got the chair home. It wasn't a nice chair to begin with. It was very crappy. The legs were bad and it was so hard to take apart because I refused to buy anything at first to take it apart. So I was using our home screwdriver, but the screws were like rusted and breaking off. And so it was so hard to take apart. So many staples, really gross chair like inside. Someone had already reupholstered it. And so inside there was like this gross, really cheap stuffing and then M&M wrappers. <laughs> just oh, various like trash. What? That I think they just had noticed. Was to like shape like, it better? or No, I think that it was just, just accidentally in there. It was so gross. <laughs> it was a horrible process. And it took me days. And then mom got here. And <laughs> she was like completely willing to help me do it. But she was like, honey, if you're going to spend, like, because she was helping me add up, like, okay, it's going to cost this much to buy a staple gun that will actually work. It's going to cost this much to get upholstery fabric, this much to get stuffing. It was like almost $200. And I was like, I could <laughs> buy such a cute chair that would last me a thousand times longer than this chair will last me and actually be cute. Mm -hmm. Or I could spend the next three weeks straight trying to figure out how to upholster a chair. So it was a very disappointing experience and <laughs> it all went into the dumpster because Aww. I couldn't even like, <laughs> what can you do with it at that point? I couldn't give it yeah, back to the like DI. Yeah, like a taken apart chair. Taken apart form. <laughs> so um, that was a huge fail. I really enjoy 
sewing. I'd say that's my yeah. biggest DIY thing that I like. But fabric is not cheap. Like a lot of times it's just a lot cheaper to just buy a dress than to buy the fabric Mm -hmm. for it unfortunately Mm -hmm. yeah totally and i think that sewing can sometimes be worth it because you can customize or i love embroidery because i can make it something unique but i was just gonna make a gray chair (laughs) i wanted gray (laughs) fabric (laughs) plain (laughs) so i was like i could probably probably buy a gray chair easy to find yep yeah So when Ella was one, I wanted to make a quiet book for her. And I, of course, you know, went on Pinterest and was getting ideas for like, do you guys know what a quiet book is? It's Mm -hmm. like the thing where it's like, you know, button the flower on or whatever. So I got all these ideas on Pinterest and I spent a long time. It was actually quite labor intensive to map out like each page, what the concept was. And if you have a sewing room already outfitted with like all these different little scraps and different kinds of fabric and all the notions and stuff, then yeah, it would be like a relatively inexpensive thing to make. But for someone like me to buy everything from scratch was actually super expensive. Like it probably ended up being 40 or 50 bucks when it was all said and done with like the zippers and the buttons and the snaps and the the little rings. Maybe not that much money, but it was I remember being like, okay, this is actually like it probably was. Yeah, I thought it was going to be expensive. And do you guys remember um, one of the pages was supposed to be like a paper doll? So it was just going to have like a little outline of like a girl sewn on the page and then I was going to have like little dresses that she could trade out like dressing her with. So I just like eyeballed like a <laughs> I think paper doll like outline. <laughs> I think I maybe I thought I printed something off at least to trace. <laughs> I, I guess I, I bet didn't. you didn't. I really <laughs> I doubt it. I did. Knowing me, that's another lesson. Start ahead of time because it was supposed to be a Christmas present and I was not even close to finish by the time it was Christmas. So I brought it with me up to Alaska for Christmas and I was like, mom will help me finish it. So she's like, okay, you know, get it, get it out and like show me, you know, like what each page was going to be. I remember one of them I had embroidered things and everyone was making fun of me. They were so bad. And then when I, I got to the paper doll, people were like screaming. It looked looked like Slenderman. Like it was like it was like skinny, these like skinny arms and legs. And I think they were different lengths. Like I don't think the lengths were the same. And mom was like dying she was like you cannot use this so she she basically just like banished me from her sewing room and she just like did the rest of it by herself (laughs) and it turned out it turned out a thousand times cuter that's really my lesson is just be bad at stuff so mom will do it for me but Mm -hmm. um, because that's what happened with with our piano too we got a piano for free but I wanted to paint it because I've seen cute painted pianos you know on Instagram and stuff and so when she came to visit once I was like so I was thinking we could repaint the piano and I had no idea like what a big project it was going to be. It was much more labor intensive than I thought it was going to be. People are always like, oh, how'd you do this? And I'm like, good question. <laughs> I didn't actually really do very much on it. My mom did pretty much the whole thing. But <laughs> yeah, research the materials beforehand so mm-hmm. you know how much it's actually going to cost. Yeah. And be careful with DIY projects that involve ruining something that you already have like that piano one where it's like mm-hmm. you might start like sanding it or something and then realize partway through that you actually don't want to finish that project 
but it's too late because you've already sanded the big swatches and you just can't get into the little details or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you have to weigh the risks because you have to think like, if this doesn't turn out, how crushed will I be? Like, how much money Mm -hmm. did I put into it? Mm -hmm. You know, how permanent is this? Because Mm -hmm. sometimes it doesn't end up looking good in the end. I have two rules for myself. One is to pace myself and I am terrible at it and I don't follow it, but it is a rule that I have for myself because I get things in my craw, but then I am very hasty and I really want to get it done like that minute, the time that I wanted to make a dress. It turned out cute, but if it hadn't, it would have been really disappointing. I got all the materials in the same day that I decided I wanted to make the dress. I didn't check the pattern that I bought at the DI to make sure that it had all the pieces. You know, like it was kind of a disaster and luckily it turned out, Mm -hmm. but I'm trying to take more time before like jumping into a project to actually do my research. And also Mm -hmm. if it's going to take me hours and hours, then I want it to be something I'll love and like keep forever. Like that Christmas pillow I embroidered for Claire was Mm -hmm. worth it. I love that. Because it probably took me 140 hours or some some ridiculous amount of time. It's a masterpiece. Mom was calculating, but it it was worth it because I really liked how it turned out. Yeah, and I'll keep it forever. While DIY home projects might not always go as planned, there is one thing that you can confidently do yourself. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We got the sweetest review from Emma Dog this week. We know who you are and we love you. It's titled My Fave. And she says, I love this podcast. So fun, real and relatable. I love the stories and all the laughter involved. I've been binge listening. There's honestly no nicer compliment than someone saying they'd willingly listen to more than an hour of us talking at a time. I love when people say that they've binged our podcast because I know it's, it's just so flattering. flattering. It's shocking. <laughs> it's shocking. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much, Emma Dog, and everyone who's left a review and listened to the podcast and just supported us in any way. We really appreciate it. And we also wanted to remind you guys to check out our website, hopculturepod.com. There are show notes from each of our episodes with links to things we've mentioned, whether it's like, you know, an article we've mentioned or a product we've mentioned or like a website or an Instagram account. Make sure you go to hopculturepod.com because hop culture was already taken by a beer brewing organization of some kind. So make sure you do hopculturepod.com. Should we do weekly wins? Yes. I am super excited about my weekly win this week. So I have a few questions for you guys. Do you like interesting documentaries about subjects that you didn't know a lot about before? No. No. Yes. I hate documentaries. I'll just... (laughs) They're really depressing. You hate documentaries? Yeah. No. Here's my next question. Do you like uplifting happy endings? Yes. Yes. Sometimes. Do you like stories of friendship against all odds? Yes. Against all odds. Yeah. Okay. Then Speed Cubers on Netflix is for you. So I don't want to give too much away because it's only 40 minutes long. So I feel like I could kind of give away the whole story. I honestly would have watched twice the length, but it's nice to have something that's just short and sweet. You know, if you just want to sit down and watch something quick, it's about the world of competitive Rubik's Cube solving. I guess they're Mm -hmm. called Cubers. I've heard of that documentary. 
Yeah, it's so cute, you guys. I don't want to give too much away. It's just about a great friendship, super uplifting. It's only PG, so it's super family friendly. And if I had teens or tweens, I would totally watch this with them. Like it actually has a ton of good conversation starters. I feel like it would be like a really good family movie to watch together and talk about. Mm. And it's rare that you can just jump into something. It was just so heartwarming and awesome. And I would highly recommend it if you just want something quick and uplifting to watch. Whoa, I'm very excited about that. That is not what I would expect you to say about a documentary about I know it's <laughs> it's random I'm not that's not really like my kind of thing but I had heard that it was cute and I'm totally glad I watched it hmm. I'm gonna check it out well mine is also documentary related because Luke watched there's like two documentaries from those two best friends that call themselves the minimalists on Netflix and he watched one of them and that was like a couple months ago. And then last week I was like marching around the house like, oh, we have so much stuff and it's always piling out of cabinets and it's always disorganized. And he was like, well, why don't we just clean everything out and be minimalists? And he said, I'm not allowed to tell anyone that we're minimalists because we're not. We're <laughs> telling it on the podcast. I'm telling everyone. <laughs> I'm announcing it to the world. No, we're not minimalists, but we are trying to. I watched their documentary too this week and I love especially one thing that they recommend, which is a packing party, where you kind of act like you're packing up your whole house. And you just pack anything that you think you can live without, basically, but you don't give it away. You just keep it in boxes somewhere for a couple of months, a few months, and see how your life is without it. And then you can take things back out of the boxes once you're done with that and kind of like revisit and see if you need any of that stuff. But it's a good concept because that's kind of what I was talking about before with like keeping my clothes, but keeping them mostly boxed away. Mm -hmm. And so I've gone way to the extreme and our whole house is a mess. It's actually kind of a weekly lose <laughs> because I'm really stressed out because I took everything out of every everything closet out. and now I have to do something about it and it's really stressful. But wait, I, you've decided to dive into this right now, like right when you got home from your trip? Yeah, right when we got home, like the night <laughs> that we got home. Didn't you not even like move into this house not even a year ago? So you... I was going to say you just got married. Yeah, but there's like so much stuff. There's so much stuff, guys. And I'm really... Uh, just be happy for me. <laughs> for me. I'm happy for you. <laughs> I knew I would face uh, a lot of flashback for this, but it, it's my main <laughs> weekly win because it's all I've been doing all week. So My win is I, I got myself a vacuum sealer and I'm super Ooh. excited about it. I'll put the link to the one that I got on our show notes, but I haven't really tried it yet, so I can't I can't vouch for it, but I can vouch for the idea of a vacuum sealer in general. I'm I have mm -hmm. not stopped thinking about different things I'm planning to <laughs> planning to use it on. Um so far I've only used it to vacuum seal a thing of flour so that bugs don't get in, but Whoa, that's pretty plans. good. Wait, can't you just put it in like a Tupperware or something? Yeah, if I want the Tupperware to be gone for a year. So this is for oh, like food storage. No, it's just, it's a thing of like pizza flour. <laughs> Don't what get it, hung well, up on the what flour. You, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm intrigued, but what do you do when you want to use some of the exactly. flour, but not all of the flour? Do you just reseal? Okay. <laughs> We're getting hung up on the flour. <laughs> I, went, flour? I had to go to the Whole Foods up near Salt Lake I don't know, by Sugar House or something. 
And so it was kind of a drive for me. It was like, you know, 55 minutes. And so I was like, well, I might as well get two packs of them while I'm up here. Mm. The second pack, I didn't want to open yet, but I get a lot of bugs in my house in the summer. So I didn't want bugs to get in there. And so I just vacuum sealed it to keep it a little oh, fresher I see. and okay. just mm-hmm. keep it. Okay. So I'm not using that one. Okay. Really, we all did get stuck. Like stuck on, so yeah. stuck yeah. on the well, flower. I was thinking like fish. I was just like that because I was excited and I was just looking around my house like, what can I do now mm-hmm. to test this? <laughs> and that was it. But that is exciting. Uh, so though. if anyone has any tips, because I've never had one before, so you know, come to our Instagram, I guess, DM us. I would mm-hmm. love to hear if you have experience using a vacuum sealer and what you like to use it for. So you have a dehydrator, a vacuum sealer. Any other like doomsday prepper kind of uh, machinery that you have? Not right now. I definitely have plans to get a pressure canner, but mm. I don't have the space for it. So I'm waiting until I, you know, move somewhere else. But that's sort of my ultimate dream is the canner. <laughs> Didn't you can peaches at one point? I did. Was yeah. That but you? that was in a pot. There's some things you can can just boiling water and there's some things you have to have a pressure canner to do. <laughs> okay. I would love you to bring me something vacuum sealed when you come to visit. Well, okay, I'm on it. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Too late. I'm on it. (laughs) So my weekly win is nothing revolutionary, but it is for me. I have decided to completely disregard my current income level (laughs) and upgrade from grocery pickup to grocery delivery. Oh, that's high rolling. (laughs) Well, when we got back from our trip, we had flown overnight. And so it was midday and we were so tired and we had no food. And I was like, I just don't have it in me to go to the grocery store right now. Mm -hmm. So I got on my Meyer app to order grocery pickup and it was like, get a free grocery delivery if you spend like a certain amount. And I was like, okay, I'm I'm going to try that today because like if it's free, you might as well. And ever since then, I just can't stop. I can't. I can't <laughs> help it. It's, it's so convenient to just That's order how they get you. your groceries and they come to you. You don't even have to leave the house. So like I broke it to Matt. I was like, this is just going to be <laughs> how it is. I don't want to hear about it being a waste of money because I just can't go to the grocery store ever again. So I was planning on just spending like I think it's five dollars to get groceries delivered from Meyer, which is like my local grocery store. And then I got thinking about it and I realized that have you guys heard of Walmart Plus? Mm-hmm. I was gonna I was just gonna say, why don't you just do Walmart Plus? I did the two week free trial. It's so cheap. It's thirteen dollars mm-hmm. a month or like a hundred dollars for a year. Whoa, that is cheap. And you just get your groceries delivered all the time. And let's say you go grocery shopping once a week. It ends up being like $2 per delivery or something. Yeah, it's such a good deal. Mm-hmm. Plus good you deal. get free two-day shipping on like anything on their yeah, website Yeah, you don't too. have to spend a certain amount. I tried Walmart Plus, but ours was so backed up. You'd have to order like a couple <laughs> days in advance. Ooh, that's and I was good. like, I'm not on top of things enough to be like, <laughs> oh, you know, in four days, we're going to be out of milk. So for me, it just like wasn't really. I would be curious. I want to hear people's experiences with Walmart Plus because my Walmart grocery pickup, usually you can actually order things the same day to pick up. So I don't think oh, that's so ours nice. is that bad, but I don't know if delivery would be different or what. So 
if anyone wants to come to our Instagram, let me know. I'm, <laughs> I'm interested. High rolling delivery mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Now, well, so. not that high rolling because I was considering asking for the Walmart Plus membership for my birthday. I thought about doing that, but too. it's too I depressing. <laughs> I have enough sad, old, boring mom <laughs> items on my birthday list, and I'm like, no, that. I draw the line for Walmart delivery. If anyone should have to ask for this for their birthday, it's Hazel because she is the one who can't (laughs) handle herself in a grocery store. And that's why I have Mm -hmm. to get my groceries. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) Hazel's birthday present. Okay. I think that wraps it up for this week. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our show and visit our website, hopculturepod.com. We'll also be popping up on Instagram throughout the week. So follow hopculturepod for more fun. See you next week. 